Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. You get like a hiccup or a burp and you try to swallow it. That's what we were doing there. This is the Press Box. <laughs> some guy some guy heard that yesterday. It took him two two minutes to tweet. He thought it was a soda can. I said, come on, it's eight in the morning. With Grainy and Bischoff. Jared, you say that like the quality of these shows have been good since we've been doing it for full yes, anyway. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Gang's back together. Except Jared, we have no idea where he's never coming back. <laughs> Why would Danny. he? Why would he come back? He's I would be somewhere back. in Mexico. Yeah, I'd just be gone. Wouldn't see you guys ever again. I'm going to a beach in Mexico mm-hmm. in the summer, so I might not. I might find Jared and never come back. <laughs> is your your headphone still broken? Yes. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yes, I'm. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, this Go ahead is incredible. And explain it. You have like it's over the ear. These aren't like little earbuds. It's over the ear headphones yes. that you're wearing. And one of the the plastic's broken, I'm assuming. Absolutely. There. So the plastic on one of the earmuffs is broken and it is just dangling yes. down by your chin. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I went through yesterday with Danny. It was yeah, it was ridiculous. Um I can hear you out of my left ear. Um <laughs> I did click yeah I did click yesterday and uh they've been shipped and uh they should be delivered by ten o'clock tonight. I was so the headphones I have at one point they broke similar to that. I don't know exactly where yours broke, but I like super glued them back together. The plastic part of it. I just click. <laughs> I just click. I clicked yesterday. <laughs> Didn't go too expensive. Wait, how the, did did it break during the show? Sure. Just snapped. Oh, incredible. Yeah, snapped. <laughs> I, I, I move them up and down too fast. How old are they? Oh, they can't be more than a year. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Oh, man. You got to yeah. get like at least two years out of those. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. not good. I'm getting a lot out of the new <laughs> ones because they arrived before 10 p.m. today. I just checked Amazon. They haven't shipped. They're not out for delivery just yet. <laughs> so, The first bite. Do you miss good Golden Knights and Sharks games? Man, I was there last night. I don't know what you thought. I know you were doing a, a remote. That was just a boring, bad game. What happened to the Sharks? Uh, what happened to this? Well, they've got. Here's the thing about them. I will say this for for them. It's not. I mean, not to make excuses because we don't want the Golden Knights make excuses. But the Sharks, right now, so I don't want to hear too much about the Golden Knights injuries. Have seven regulars on the IR, so they've been really hurt as well. But they haven't been good for a while. Since so, we got one of the greatest first round playoff series in sports. When these two teams played in 2019, that was an unbelievable series because not only did you have one of the greatest comebacks in a game seven that you've ever seen, and also a game seven that goes to overtime because Jonathan Marshall tied the game up in the final minute as well. Tremendous game seven. But before the game seven even happened, game six went into double overtime. The head coach of one team called the other head coach a clown. clown. It was great. That was in that was in the middle of that, that series. Awesome. That was awesome. That series was phenomenal. Um Joe Thornton got called an old man, right? Something like that. There was so much trash talk in that series. It was phenomenal. And then you got an unbelievable game 7. Like that was great. Since that playoff series, since the Sharks beat the Golden Knights, the Golden Knights have won 13 of 14 games. Against the San Jose Sharks and 11 straight. 13 of 14. And for the most part, they've all been non-competitive. Like last night was not really a competitive no, game. It was a bad that, game. That but was it not a you you were never sitting around thinking, oh, the sharks are gonna come back no. and pull this one out. No. What the hell happened? Like this was seriously, this was an awesome, very brief rivalry. 
Like these two teams didn't like each other. They met in the playoffs a couple of times. Like it was excellent what these two teams had every single time they played. I remember two years ago when the NHL scheduled the first two games of the regular season were Golden Knight Sharks and yeah. Golden Knight Sharks. Yeah. The first two games were these two teams playing each other. And it was like, hell yes, NHL lean into how much these two teams hate each other. That wasn't that long ago. And the Golden Knights have won 13 of 14 games. The Sharks are just completely disintegrating. It's such a disappointment. I want it. The the Sharks need to be good. I wish both of these teams were good and like meeting in the playoffs every year or at least giving us good regular season games. Okay. So the best thing last night, we're sitting in the press box and we just hear a huge commotion over in one of the sections to our left. And it continues to go on. So we kind of look over there. And usually when fights happen in stands, that's what you get. Like a section of start, people start screaming and, you know, booing or cheering as people are let out of the building or, let, you know, people are ejected from the building. This was weird because when we looked over there in the aisle was that weird golden night person. The mascot. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> we started laughing because like, What's that guy doing over there? It was so strange. Like we knew a fight had broken out. We're like, why is that guy? Is he now the police? Is the the weird gold <laughs> night guy now acting like the policeman? So I don't know. Strange. I don't know how much to believe Twitter, but Las Vegas locally tweeted it out that a uh, Sharks fan tried to fight the Golden Knight mascot. I don't know that. I know there was some kind of fracas, and I know for some reason the Golden Knight never left. <laughs> Because we, because here's the thing, like five. Usually those things are broken up pretty quickly, and the security comes down, and someone's ejected, and they kind of like everyone, like you know, pushes and shoves. Not real fights. Five minutes later, like Ben Goats and I look over, and I'm like, that Golden Knight guy is still there. Why is he? Why is he still in, in the uh, in the walkway there, like on the stairs? What is he doing over there? Did he have his helmet on? I think he had everything on. Okay. I think it was the Golden Knight. Because when I the video that I saw, he doesn't have his helmet on okay. anymore. And I, I mean, we were pretty far away. I saw the shiny suit. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened to his helmet, but he didn't have his helmet on anymore, which is funny. But let's, if we go... <laughs> the fact that he, anyone tried to fight him is Well, funny. if we go off of this idea that somebody, a Sharks fan, tried to fight the Golden Knight, what are you doing? You're fighting the guy in armor? Yeah, exactly. He's walking around in armor. That's the guy yeah. you're trying to fight? And if you look at the pregame festivities, <laughs> he never loses. I've never seen him lose anything. So why would you fight he that guy? Undefeated, never lost. No, he's never lost. And what if you're the police or, I guess, the security coming down, and you're like, why is the Golden Knight here? Oh, he started to fight. this person started to fight him. Like, how would you respond to that? Wait, okay, so what's a better possible story? That the golden that they tried to fight the Golden Knight fan, or that the Golden Knight ran in to break up a fight, like he was pretending to be oh, security. I would, I would think him pretending to be security because then he's letting letting the power trip get to him if he thinks he should be going in and breaking a fight. I don't even. I guess he might have been. Does he walk up and down the aisles during games? Like I don't know what he was doing in the middle of the aisle. What does he do during yeah, games? Yeah, and he'll randomly bang his sword on his shield to try to start a go knights go chant. Okay. It's very loud, very very loud. Okay, um, yeah. All right. I just and there were there were sharks fans over there. Like we could see the teal colored sweaters, <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny that he and he seemed like he never left. Like he was going to stand up to the guy no matter what. Because we kept looking over there and we kept seeing that shiny suit. Standing in the middle of the, uh, the, the 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 walkway, and it's like, well, what is that guy doing? So the rivalry still is good in the crowd. Yes, it's not. A, it was a bad. It was a bad hockey game, but wa- but watching the Golden Knight was actually pretty funny. Should they wear gold helmets every game? 
They snapped uh, the losing the streak. The buckets. The buckets. It's the gold helmets. What was the streak? The two in a row. Oh. Yeah. Just I just meant losing streak and not not losing streak with the gold helmets. I just meant general losing streak. They had lost oh, their last okay, two. Yeah, they lost two and it was five what? or six. Five or six yeah. going into last night. So, you know, wear the gold helmets. I guess you wear the buckets. I mean, if they lose. Look, what do they play tomorrow? If they lose Can you tomorrow imagine if they don't the wear helmets? them against Boston tomorrow night and, and they like, lose? people like go crazy because yeah. of the stupid helmets? Better break them back out for Friday's game. Let's go. Yeah, at Anaheim. Can't be taking any chances. At Anaheim. That's somehow a big game, isn't it? Yeah. It actually is. Anaheim beat Boston last night. They're kind of creeping up, too. Somehow Anaheim is, like, kind of close to the Golden yes. Knights. And if the Golden Knights were to lose another 5 of 6, somehow Anaheim would be ahead of them. Although they'd probably lose 5 of 6, too. But a race to the bottom. Who can fall out of the playoffs quicker uh, in the Pacific Division? Um, can we also talk about Robin Leonard? Uh, yeah, he didn't. I'm not. I don't care too much about his play on the ice. He had seven. He had faced 17 shots, saved 16 of them. Good job. The Sharks weren't any good. He's back from injury. That nice to see. But after the game, oh, Robin Leonard, what a what a joy. He got asked about like recovery, um, and he said, "That's a better question for Frank Saravalli, my doctor." The context here is that Frank Saravalli, who covers the NHL, he's the one that wrote the story about the Golden Knights being interested in trading for Mark Andre Fleury. Right, and in Frank Saravalli's story, he wrote that Robin Leonard was going to have to have shoulder surgery and that he could he might try to play the rest of the year and then have it at the end of the season or that he might have to have it and have his season end right now. So Frank Saravalli with some potential incorrect or correct information on Robin Leonard's shoulder injury. And Robin Leonard last night called him out, basically said, you'll have to ask my doctor. Uh, he then said, obviously, what Dr. Saravalli was saying isn't true in regards to shoulder surgery. Robin Leonard's great. Oh, he's great. He's he's terrific in these situations. He also said that I, it's obvious I haven't had surgery. Now, what you just said is true. Cervelli never said he had surgery. Correct. Cervelli said, said that he could have surgery. He's going to have to have it surgery. eventually. Okay. And that it could happen. They could wait till after the season. He could play through it. Or his season could be over and he could so have So eventually right if now. he has surgery, you go back to it and Cervelli wasn't wrong. Exactly. So Cervelli absolutely can still be right. Yes. No, no doubt about yes. it. But for Robin Leonard to, in a oh, press conference, have... to be... Because the best part of it... So the question was asked by Willie Ramirez. And if you watched Robin Leonard, I think after like the fifth word that Willie said, Robin Leonard knew what he how he was going to answer the right. question. But, you know, Willie talked for like another 20, 30 seconds or something like that. And Robin Leonard finally got to get out. Well, it's a better question for my doctor, Frank Saravalli. <laughs> it's terrific answer. And he it's knew awesome. right away he was going to that joke. And... I love that he went to that. Like Robin Leonard is the best when it comes to just giving just ridiculous post-game things. Like yes. last year, was it last year, when he said that he was sitting on Twitter for two hours before he came, reading all the haters commenting on why he's starting. That was phenomenal yes. content. And he's just, on Twitter a lot. Just the idea of Robin Leonard sitting in a locker room, reading through Twitter of everybody saying, you suck, is just a terrific picture. Just, and he gave us that. Just Robin Leonard admitting all this stuff. Right. Given the rest great. of like, I don't do that. I don't read anything. I'm never on Twitter. They yes. read everything. They know everything that people say about <laughs> them. And Robin Leonard has no problem basically admitting Saying that. I know exactly what Frank right. Saravalli, because that's the thing. If any other Golden Knight, if Frank Saravalli had reported something about, hey, he's, he's going to have to have shoulder surgery or whatever, 
none of them would say anything about no, it, right? No, and, no, And I don't think any of them would say anything if you asked them directly. If you said, hey, Frank Saravalli reported blank. Yeah. They'd, they'd give a non-answer. Robin Leonard wasn't even asked about Frank Saravalli. He was just asked about, hey, you're coming back from injury. What's the recovery time right that? And he just went out of his way to, to pile about Frank Saravalli. It's it awesome. I, it, I love it so much. All right. Coming up next, we're going to get into some Major League Baseball because uh, they already canceled some games. But right now, we've got tickets to go to UNLV Wyoming tonight. We're going to take callers number three and four. Two winners right now. Callers three and four. If you want to go to UNLV Wyoming tonight, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. Be caller three and caller four, and you win some tickets to go see UNLV and Wyoming. Congratulations to Jason and Mark. They want a pair of tickets to go to UNLV Wyoming tonight. We have more of those to give away throughout the show, so make sure you stay tuned. We also have Pac-12 tournament tickets, Mountain West tournament tickets, and tickets to the uh, ACMs coming to Las Vegas. So a lot of stuff you can win today. Just stay tuned. We'll be giving plenty away. In the meantime, there's no baseball. Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association's did not reach an agreement on a new CBA yesterday. Rob Manfred, uh, afterwards, gave a press conference and announced that the first two series of the 2022 season will be canceled. So we're essentially right now looking at about a week's worth of games that Major League Baseball has already canceled. Um, Surprised. Do we get get more than a week? Surprised. You're surprised they didn't have a deal yesterday? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have a deal because... Well, some of it, it appears, especially in the money part, they're far away, and some of it is a joke that they're so close that they can't that they can't agree to. Can we talk uh, about the minimum player the salary? The minimum players. I mean, are this is what they're arguing over? <laughs> so the owners offer. So the players have been the players. I think they initially asked for seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for the minimum first-year player salary. The players have gone down to seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for the first-year players. The owners bumped their offer up to $700,000 yesterday. There's also some raises where the players like second year, you make 20,000 more and the owners like, Oh, we're only giving you 10,000. You're telling me we're, we have a problem with 25,000 a year on minimum salary. If those, if that's a problem, this thing could go on a long way because there's much more, there's much more important uh, money issues here to be decided uh, in terms of thresholds and pre bonus arbitration and all of that, instead of a, Difference of ten thousand dollars for minimum players. <laughs> they're in major. They're in major issues. There will be more games canceled if they yes. can't get this thing settled. The okay. So here, here's the one that stands out to me the most right now, and this is the the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, which is effectively Major League Baseball's soft salary cap. Right? There is no salary cap in baseball, but there's a luxury tax, and a lot of teams don't go over the luxury tax. There's a few that do it, but a lot of teams sort of abide by that as a soft salary cap, and. Here's here's what's annoying about it. The owner's side does not want the luxury tax to go up. They want the luxury tax to stay in place. And the owner's offer yesterday was reportedly for that to be $220 million. So you're a soft cap effectively, $220 million. And for it to stay at $220 million for the next three years. And then go up to 224 and then go up to 230 by year five of this new CBA. The players, on the other hand, they want next year's to be 238 Mm -hmm. and then go up by 6 million every year for the next five years, right? So the players want it to be 238. 
next year. The owners want it to be 230 in five years yeah. from now. That's and again, a big difference. And again, if you if you treat this like a salary cap and you can compare it to other sports, right? Almost every other sport prior to the pandemic, right? Almost every other American sports that has a salary cap, it goes up every single year. Mm-hmm. And the owners are saying they don't want it to go up for three straight years. And then when it does go up, go up by $4 million, right? The reason that that sticks out to me is that the owners want the luxury tax because that's their way of not spending money. Mm -hmm. They want that in place so they can basically say, well, we couldn't go out and sign a big name free agent because then we'd be over the luxury tax and then we'd owe 30% more or whatever that number ends up being. That's the owner's own way of like saying we're not going to spend money and they are like refusing to go any higher on this whatsoever. And that to me is the biggest problem overall is there is the, like the minimum player salary, whatever it's $25,000. They'll get that figure. I assume they'll get that figured out. Right. Even the, the pre-arbitration pool where they're like 25 million apart. Right. All that to me is sort of secondary to the owners basically saying, we don't want to spend any more money on players and we are not negotiating. We're not even going to have it go up. It is staying the exact same that it's been and we don't want it to go up at all. No rise in the salary cap, the soft salary cap in baseball. Do you see what Scherzer said? What did he say yesterday? He said he points out that the luxury tax is acting more like a salary cap considering the Padres at a higher payroll than the Yankees. Yeah. He said the Yankees should be spending more and the Padres should be spending less. Just, <laughs> just that sentence like makes you like laugh. But he's right. Oh, I mean, he's exactly as, right. As an Astros fan, the Houston Astros were, I think they spent up like $3 million away from the luxury tax this past season. And they operated at the trade deadline. They traded away major league players to make the salaries match so that they did not go over they the didn't luxury go over tax. The threshold. They could have conceivably traded minor leaguers, right? And But they would have gone over the luxury over tax the and they would have had to pay extra in taxes yeah. and whatever. There's some draft pick compensation that you lose too, but... The Houston Astros operated this past season as if the luxury tax was a salary yes. cap. It is. There are a few teams that go over it every year. It happens. Absolutely. Teams go over it. But it is a salary cap. The majority of teams operate below that, and that's what the owners do. That's what they put in place so that they can have an excuse to not spend right. money. Because if that's not in place, there's zero excuse to not spend money. There's well, this- there's zero reason to not go give Carlos Correa oh, no. 10 years, $500 million. It doesn't matter. There's zero reason yeah. not to do it. But because there's a soft cap in place, because there's a luxury tax, they can come back and say, well, we don't want to pay 30% extra money on the whatever, $5 million we go over the luxury tax. Like That's their justification as to why they need a luxury tax. And that's, again, that's the whole problem here. The players want more money. The players want the owners mm-hmm. to spend money on players to have competitive teams, and the owners are saying, eh, we don't want to be that competitive. We don't want to spend that much money. Does M- Rob Manfred know when the pandemic began? Because Did yesterday he said it that, was been five years. That was years, my favorite like, thing. Like five years? What are you talking about? He said... <laughs> It was like it was the last five years have been uh, difficult financially because of the pandemic. Yeah, I the same thing. Do you know when the (laughs) pandemic's been? What kind of pandemic were you in five years ago? I was I was like, it's felt like five years. Yes. Yes. Still feels like five years. But it hasn't actually been five years. That was great. (laughs) I mean, it's just so preposterous that he said that. Well, it's preposterous anyway when they ever say they lose money, but never mind him saying the revenue's been tough because of the pandemic for the last five years. <laughs> five years of pandemic problems when it's been going on for two years. Um, They're pretty far away on that, that threshold, though. 
Um, I don't. Again, how much do the players come back? They left yesterday. I mean that. So that was the other interesting part is there were a lot of reports that Major League Baseball made what they called their final and best offer, right. and that was it. What we just sort of spelled out there. Rob Manfred, when asked about that term, final and best, he was like, well, we never called it final and best offer, even though it was a final and best right. offer, at least before yesterday's deadline. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what happens from here because like the players left Florida. They, they, the players association was like, all right, we're not coming to an agreement. We're, we're gone. You're going to impose this deadline and you're going to cancel games now. So we're not sticking around. To, I don't know. Come running back to you and ask right. for more. Uh, I don't know what happens. Rob Manfred said the next time they could even New potentially York. meet is Thursday. I don't know if they meet tomorrow. Uh, does that happen? I have no idea if they meet tomorrow. So I two weeks have been canceled. It feels like a lot more is coming. Like, because again, they're not exactly close on no. a lot of these things. And unless one side suddenly starts to make uh, some concessions, a lot of concessions. Here. And that's the other thing. Did you see Major League Baseball Players Association statement yesterday? They basically uh, didn't read the entire they, thing. They basically said the owners have been trying to break the union. Like they've been trying to get rid of the union, break break it up for years now, and that they're not going to let them break the union, which very strongly to me implies they're not conceding very much right. more than they already have. That they've both sides have sort of drawn their line in the sand and where they go from here, I I don't know. I mean, the easiest thing is the owners just agree to the rest of it and start playing baseball right. games, right? Because, I mean, and that's the other you part You really see the owners doing that? No. I don't either. That's the other part of this, is that the the owners actually, we could have baseball games without a CBA. Like, it's a sure. it's a baseball owners-imposed lockout. Sure. Like, you can play without the CBA. So, like, they could conceivably lift the lockout right now and play baseball Start playing games. games. They're not going to. That's a bad negotiating tactic, too. But they could conceivably do that. But, yeah, I mean... The easiest way is for the owners to effectively just agree to what the players want. And again, it's, I mean, we're talking about $25,000 in minimum salary. Well, that's the stupid one. That that, even, that one, they can't, they can't worry about that one. Even the pre-arbitration bonus pool, like the players want um, 85 million. The owners only want to do 30 million. Like, come on, like 55. Derek Jeter just made like 55 million. Yeah, exactly. just like, come on, you can do that. And then the luxury tax threshold. I mean, to me, all of them don't seem like they should be that big of a deal to the ownership side. Like, all of those seem like they should be relatively small issues that the ownership side says, okay, whatever. Like, seriously, like, is, is there going to be a big difference this season if the luxury tax is $220 million versus $238 million? No. no. Like, they're, all, they're worried that the Dodgers and Yankees are going to outspend everybody and win World Series. Guess who's good at baseball for a long time? The Dodgers, Dodgers and, Yankees. and Yankees. Like, hello. It happened. Guess who's also good at baseball while spending $5? The Tampa Bay Race. Yes. You can be competitive without spending. Yeah, if you're Tampa smart. Bay has no interest in good players right. that they have to pay a lot. <laughs> Zero interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> they don't want you if you're going to make more than $7. So, like, you can still be competitive without spending a whole bunch of money. All right. Coming up next, J.R. Starkis joins the show. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkis. Champagne. Perfume going in, sewage coming out. Might as well get hammered early in the morning. Key account executive, Southern Glaze, Point Spirits in Nevada. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus, Instagram at JR Makes Drinks. He's with us early this week. Uh, supposedly, Tyler said before the show as well, he uh, supposedly has meetings on Thursday. No one has meetings. We don't know what the hell you're doing on Thursday <laughs> or Friday because why in the world are you having meetings? Who has meetings anymore? Oh, man. 
No, we have tons of them, man. In our in our industry, there. I mean, it's it's all day. I mean, I was I was running around town to meetings all day. I was driving from downtown to back to my office, back back down to the strip. It was a crazy day. People are ever since we lost the um, the ridiculous mask mandate, we have been doing incredible in our city, man. It's like the middle of the the middle of the week that for the last two years has been pretty dismal has almost immediately reversed effect. Like walking through the casinos on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, even with no convention or very few conventions coming to town, the business that you see in the middle of the week is exponentially greater than what we were seeing even just, you know, whatever, three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whenever the mask mandate was lifted. Um, it, it, like, flipped overnight. It flipped overnight. It's been crazy. Did you ever drive up uh, north to uh, stand on your scaffolding outside of, like, Steve Sisolak's home and yell at him to remove the mask mandate? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I, okay. I never did that. I, I have better uses of my time for that. But uh, That's what you said. Um, I don't know if I, I believe I, you. I, 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 but I was definitely thinking it, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and definitely every time he came on television, screaming at the television, that's but, for sure. But standing on your scaffolding to make sure you're taller, right? Make sure you're big and, and more intimidating. By the way, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> are your meetings, are, is there an extreme mixologist lockout? Are you having to meet tomorrow to, to come to a new CBA agreement for extreme mixologists? No, there's no okay. there's no lockout for extreme mixology. Um, just uh, regular mixology, maybe. But no, nothing for extreme mixology. And uh, yeah, us bartenders get along pretty well. Um, because we're fueled by booze, so it's a it's a pretty good situation to be in, you know. Tell us how you really feel about things. Um, yeah, you, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> okay. Mentioned the uh, <laughs> oh. different show, buddy. Different show, buddy. <laughs> um, editorializing. Uh, so baseball first two first two series of your Red Sox canceled. You can't you can't be happy. It's brutal, man. You know, it's um, the moment I pick up the Nesson Network to watch the games. Like gone. You know, it's like <laughs> I, it's unbelievable, man. It's like. The timing and my timing is is awful. It, it just goes back to what I tell you all the time. With I'm the world's worst better. Here's another example of uh, how, how how bad it is. But uh, no, it, it's I, I hate the fact that they've that they're that they're doing this. I, I saw a tweet I think from Anthony Rizzo yesterday said something. You know for you know hey uh, college and future baseball players, this is for you. Um, and I see where he's coming from there. You know obviously they're trying to put their foot down for the future of baseball. Um, but man, it's 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 you know like what Tyler was saying. It's kind of hard to see how far apart they really are. Um, and it, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not sitting in the room, so so I don't I don't know what's going on here. But I feel like I, I don't feel like anybody's budging at all. Like I feel like they're walking into the room. Here's my offer, and the Major League Baseball. Here's my offer, and they're like stare at each other for five hours. And they're like nothing. Well, okay, nothing. Seven minutes, and then they walk out. Not five hours, but seven minutes. But yeah. I, I think you're right. Like, I think there is between both sides of this. I feel like they are more interested in winning, like having a win over the other side than actually coming to some sort of agreement that gets baseball back. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's sad to watch it, you know, it's, or, or hear about it, you know, at least because uh, it's a sport that I love so much and, and seeing these guys not being able to come to an agreement over, you know, I get it. Like millions of dollars and millions of dollars are, are a lot of money. Um, but I wonder if I had that kind of money um, in my lifetime, if I would, it, it, what, you know, what's that like in real person money, you know, to money to you and I, what's that like? What's, what's $5 million to you and I, is that, is that a hundred dollar bill? You know, I, I don't know. Um, 
but you know it seems it seems small relatively speaking in some of these instances and, and you just wish that they would you know say okay cut it two and a half million like and let's let's move on can we move on please but i just don't feel like that's what it is i, I might the picture i have in my head is the players union in the major league baseball in the in a room across a big table, sliding their piece of paper across <laughs> to the other side, and then them looking at it, and then just staring at each other before they get up and discuss and leave the room. That's that's what's in my head. It's it's so frustrating. Well, heck, we gave you ten million dollars last week, never to watch sports again, and you took it. You know, and, no, I did not take it. You didn't. Did he, not hesitated. It. No, he hesitated. No, he hesitated. I hesitated. I said I have to think about it. And as a matter of fact, after the show, I went upstairs and I asked my wife that question. I said, "The guys asked me this question today," <laughs> and she said, "What?" And, and, and I told her, I said, they offered me $20 million to never watch JT play baseball again, ever. And she's like, absolutely not. Oh. And so, like, she, like, she, I mean, she came, oh. she, came out, she came out right away with the definitive answer. She's like, absolutely not. She's like, I, I, there's no way I would pass up watching our son play to, for any amount of money. I was like, okay. $20 million? I mean, she was, that's, she, Boy, I mean that, there, was that zero, there was zero hesitation. Listen, you got you can both come back and laugh at us when your son signs a twenty million dollar contract, but until then, nope, you you lose. You made the wrong choice. <laughs> no, I, I I'm also not debating you. I mean, I, I'm not. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to debate that, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's just, wait. Did you ask it, your it's, son? It's not an easy choice. Did you ask him? Uh, you know, I forgot to ask him, but I I, I promise you for the next next week's show, I'll, I'll ask him. He'll be like, they would probably ask me, well, can I get five? Scaffolding's guy's gone, and look what I'm going to inherit if he doesn't screw (laughs) the money up. Uh, Yeah, probably. Let's get get drunk in the morning. What do you got? We got to change the name of the show to that, you know, like what you said, blasted in the morning or something, maybe instead of. uh, (laughs) uh, But anyway, I wanted to do a drink. Um, You know, I've been playing a lot with as we come into the summer, um, you know, know, it's big time pool season for us. So there's a lot of different suppliers out there with a lot of different variations. And one of the, um, the things that I've kind of become reinvigorated with is, is the Sky Infusions line. Sky Infusions are basically their flavored vodka line. Um, and, and they have a great list of flavored vodkas, watermelon and pineapple and strawberry, et cetera. Um, but the pineapple, to me, is just such a ripe pineapple flavor. And I really enjoy the flavored line of Sky Vodka. So um, I wanted to use Sky Vodka in a... Um, a cocktail that you can make for yourself. Now, the next few days are going to be beautiful uh, today, tomorrow, and then it turns to garbage, it looks like, on Friday and Saturday. But assuming you can make a cocktail for yourself today or tomorrow and enjoy the warmer weather outside, this drink was perfect for it, and it's also perfect to take itself to when the weather actually does turn nice uh, every single day. But I'm, I'm going to use an ounce and a half of Sky Pineapple or Sky Infusions Pineapple, as it's correctly said. Um, I'm going to put that into a mixing tin. I'm also going to add a half of an ounce of Domaine de Canton ginger, um, a nice, beautiful French uh, ginger liqueur uh, that I've used several times on the show. Um, I'm going to use one ounce of fresh lemon juice, and I'm also going to use a half of an ounce of, um, I'm sure you've seen it in the store, Mike's Hot Honey. Have you seen that before? Uh, yes. When you maybe swing by Smith's or Albertsons or wherever uh, that you go in the, in the honey with, a, with the sweeteners, there's a product called Mike's Hot Honey. It's a, basically a spicy honey. Um, and I love it. It's really great on top of a lot of, um, you know, like you put on top of pizza or something like that if you want. But uh, I, I took that and I made it into a syrup, one part, uh, one part honey to one part water. So I'm using a half of an ounce of Mike's Hot Honey syrup. Um, and then I'm also going to use um, Fever Tree Aromatic Tonic Water, but that's not opened yet. That's, we're not using that yet because uh, if we put that into our mixing glass or a tin, we're, we're gonna, it's going to explode with the carbonation. So just the four ingredients in my tin with ice right now, an ounce and a half of sky pineapple, 
half of an ounce of Domaine Canton ginger, half of an ounce of the honey syrup, the spicy honey syrup, and a full ounce of fresh lemon juice. Add those ingredients, shake them with ice. Once you're done shaking, you can add about three ounces of the Fever Tree Aromatic Tonic Water to your mixture. Um, if you don't have Fever Tree Aromatic Tonic Water, that's fine. You can use regular tonic water, or you can use regular tonic water and add a few dashes of an aromatic bitters. It's kind of the same effect. They made a product, so you don't have to worry about having the bitters. That's what I use. Uh, but you take those ingredients, once you've combined them all, strain it over fresh ice into a double old-fashioned or a Collins glass, something that holds you know, 10, 12 to 14 ounces. Um, strain it over the fresh ice, garnish it with maybe uh, a lemon wheel or a piece of candy ginger, uh, a piece of mint, whatever you so desire, a piece of pineapple if you want. Um, and, and that's it. It's, it's a super easy, really refreshing cocktail. A um, little bit of spice to it, not overly spicy. So if you're sensitive to spice, don't sweat it. It's not too spicy. But if you like spice, you'll definitely like this drink. Um, and, and the fresh pineapple or the, the, the pineapple flavor from the, from the sky pineapple, it really just comes together with the aromatic tonic and makes a, a beautiful, easy sipper kind of cocktail that you can have while the weather's a little bit nicer. All right. You going to have it on JR Makes Drinks? I will. I, it'll, I'll put it on JR Makes Drinks. I'll probably put it on tomorrow, though, since most of my videos come up on Thursday. So well, thanks for bearing with us today and uh, coming up on a Wednesday. I mean, all the meetings you're going to have. I mean, I don't uh, know if you're going to have time to even put yeah. this up. Uh, I gotta, I'll have to post it early tomorrow. I'll probably post it super early rather than like I do after the show. Um, so I'll, I'll probably post it early. All right, there he is. Follow him on Twitter, J.R. Starkus. He is our extreme exologist from Southern Glaciers Wine Spirits in Nevada. Uh, at J.R. Makes Drinks. He'll have it up tomorrow. Take a look then. All right, buddy, head to your meetings. We don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Take care, guys. Take care. Meetings. All right. Yeah, meetings, they're not real. Here we go. We got four tickets to the Pac-12 Men's Basketball Tournament. This is four games on March 9th starting at noon. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go out to the Pac-12 Tournament on March 9th. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. Are you still laughing at your own headphone over there? <laughs> I just can't believe you continue to look over here and and it's not like dangling. It's, it's just It so looks sad. like you have a giant dangling earring. <laughs> like you woke up this morning and put on a massive hoop earring that is dangling like at your chin. I used to have hoop earrings. You did? Yeah. Wow. Look at that green. How old? 18, 28? No, like low 20s, low to okay. mid 20s. And then that was it. Left how, ear. how long? How long? Left did... ear. <laughs> Two, three years. Okay. It's, that's pretty long, actually. So is it? I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, Two to three years to stick with something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, to, to stick with something? Yeah. I mean, you might have put it in. I mean, you you don't seem to remember it fondly, so. That was fine. It okay. was fine. It was just after a while you kind of grow it. And, you know, my son went through the stage, and he's 24, and he outgrew it. And, you know, you just kind of outgrow it. Well, I mean, I'm not anyone out there who has one and is not 24. <laughs> I'm not telling you to outgrow it. I'm just saying for my own purposes, I outgrew it. I hope we have many listeners that are in their 40s. With I, say, yeah, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> I still have it. You're telling me your son followed in your footsteps with the earring? In that instance, yes. In that instance. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, congratulations to Chris, by the way. He won tickets to the Pac-12 tournament. We still have some more UNLV tickets as they're taking on Wyoming tonight to give away. We have some country music. The ACM's coming to Vegas. We have those to give away and some Mountain West tournament tickets. So still a lot that you could win on the show today. Now, I want to talk about this story in Sports Illustrated about 
WNBA ownership and the New York Liberty and WNBA flight arrangements for their players. Um, if you are unaware, uh, it's been a big deal in the WNBA, but if you're unaware, the WNBA does not allow teams to buy charter flights or private jets or f- even first-class tickets for their players. Uh, the WNBA, like their rules state that they have to buy like coach tickets, like economy class type tickets for their players. And their reasoning, their logic behind this is that not all 12 teams can afford to charter or private fly, privately fly or even just first class tickets for their players. And there would be a competitive advantage if two or three teams were chartering flights and the rest of the league was not. Last year, the New York Liberty bought charter flights for their players. The WNBA fined the New York Liberty half a million dollars, uh, according to Sports Illustrated. They also considered fining them a million dollars. They did remove the Liberty's executive, Oliver Weisberg, from their executive committee. And this is where it gets even more bizarre. Here's what Sports Illustrated wrote. After someone alerted the WNBA to the Liberty's violations, possible remedies floated by the league's general counsel ranged from losing every draft pick you have ever seen to suspending ownership and even grounds for termination of the franchise. They were going to eliminate an entire franchise because they bought charter flights for their players. I think the bigger issue is here, why they're not all allowed to fly charters and maybe the league could help financially because you're telling me Asia Wilson looks at her ticket. She goes, man, I'm in the C group. Yep. I'm C42. Yep. And, you know, and Kelsey Plum, oh, hey, I got you. I'm B40 to B41 and <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save, you, save a you a seat. I'll try to save you a seat. <laughs> and then and then they try to get on with their bags or equipment. No, no, we're already, we got we to gotta check those through. This is what the WNBA players go through? Yep. What was it the other – was it a couple years ago with Lambeer and the whole Washington-Connecticut trip? Do you remember that? They were – They were, like, stranded so somewhere. Getting to Connecticut is apparently very hard to do, right? Yes. If you're flying, you know, Southwest connecting right. flight through Washington or whatever. If right? you're flying there's, a Jared Justice stopping right. three times. Flight. There's not a lot of flights into Connecticut. Um and so the, the Aces actually forfeited a game because mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact scenario, but they there was a there was a flight delay, mm-hmm. right? And it caused them they were they had to like spend a night in an airport, and they were going the after that they were going to get to their game in Connecticut like three hours before, right? Sleep in the airport, eventually get to the game in Connecticut like three hours before, and they said we're not playing a basketball game in these conditions, right? And it was not so much about hey we can't possibly play a game, it was you guys are putting us through ridiculous scenarios to try to get to these games when you could just be chartering flights. That was like two, maybe three seasons ago that that happened. And there has been no change on this front as to how WNBA players fly. And here's the thing that annoys the hell out of me. Who cares if the New York Liberty have an advantage because they charter their their players? Get better ownership. Like, what are you talking about? It's a competitive advantage. Well, then do it. If you're so worried that your team's not going to be good enough to win because, oh, no, the other team chartered in, charter your own team. Yeah. Like, and if you can't, sorry, maybe you shouldn't own a WNBA. Like, that, imagine that in any other sport. 
Like, imagine that in college football or college basketball. Imagine complaining because UNLV, when they go to play Utah well, State, has a better flight accommodation than Boise State. There are. Like, I, I guarantee, let's say Baylor or Duke or someone charters everywhere, and UNLV charters some places. I know San Diego State charters maybe twice a year, and they pick schools like Wyoming. Like, what's the hardest to get into? Right. So we're going to charter there. Um, but they don't have the money, or at least they don't have the funds to charter everywhere. It's And they're Kentucky? I mean, I think Cal Park's got like three planes. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. I mean, Oregon, people with a lot of money, you know they're charting and everywhere. It, and it is what it is. Yeah. There's no, hey, we got to kick no. Kentucky out of college basketball, <laughs> like apparently the WNBA considered here. Like, I I don't get it. Like, if if, if the Liberty want to charter their flights, go for it. If if a different WNBA team wants to send their Mark players. Mark Davis wants to spend some right, money. Go for it. And if another WNBA team is like, all we can afford is train tickets across the country, okay. That's what you're going to have to do, but you probably shouldn't own the WNBA team if you can't do that. It's and, and the other part of this, it's basketball. There's 12 players on yeah. a team. This isn't football where well, there's 80, right, 50, where you're going to have to take like multiple planes potentially, right? If you're chartering or whatever, like this is basketball. There's 12 players. This should not be a massive deal, but nope, you're going to have to fly frontier and. You might not have a seat. You might be standing the entire way to Connecticut. I know she played in the league, um, but she's been with the Spurs for a long time. Becky Hammond's going to be saying, what's this? Why, why are you handing me a Southwest ticket? Well, because she's going to be like, well, well, uh, no. then she's going to remember, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the funny part. The coaches can do whatever they want. So Becky Hammond can go. If I remember correctly, well, she Bill Lamb- charter by If I remember correctly, Bill Lambeer did. Bill Lambeer, the, the well, game. He, he probably just what, went first class. No, no. I, if I remember correctly, when they canceled their game in Connecticut. Lambeer was there because Lambeer flew separately. He was like, I'm not flying on Spirit Airlines or whatever the hell they had to take. Like, Lambeer flew separately, and he was in Connecticut waiting for his team to show up. Huh. If I remember that correctly, I might be misremembering something, but that's that's what happened there. So that's where we are. <laughs> Becky Hammond's going to take one Southwest flight and then head to first class. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I believe if, uh, the other part I'm, I might be misremembering. I believe... Players can buy their own first class seat. So like if okay. you you so right. you get on a flight, like Asia Wilson could say, Yeah, I'm gonna spend the hundred bucks or whatever it is to upgrade to first to upgrade. class. Okay. I believe that's allowed, but maybe not because they wanted to kick the liberty out of the league. <laughs> like and that's the thing. Like every okay. draft pick you've ever seen. Like, okay, it's a rule, they broke the rule. Yes, you're gonna punish them. I, I, I can understand that just from a standpoint of they broke a rule, you're gonna punish them. But to be like, we've got to kick this team yeah. out of the league. Take away every draft pick you've ever had. What? Like, come on. What? Fight them and move yeah. on with your day. Kick them out of the league? <laughs> Are you serious? That is unbelievable. Yeah. The Houston Astros cheated and won a World Series. <laughs> I love them. They were never getting kicked out of the league. That's ridiculous. And this is over flights. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just let them fly however they want. They'll be fine. Trust me, the league won't be like some terrible scheme after that.